Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Born Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson. I'm going to try not to interrupt Wayne too many times on this show. From Bona Training. Thank you, Rob. You're welcome. Very nice of you to, to be considerate of my feelings. I know what kind of a snowflake you are, so I don't want to upset you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Afraid it's hot. <laughs> you just interrupted me. Was it me or you? No, I got the first word out and you said afraid right. to talk. Yeah. All right. Well, go ahead. I just want to give wow, you a that break. is painful. Yeah, I don't want that to happen to me again. Mm. So what are we going to talk about today, buddy? Uh, Rob, you know, uh, I was in Nashville the other day and I filled up my truck and it was $99.40. <laughs> you know what it used to cost me? Oh. I filled it up for $58 and some change. Wow. That's sick. That's, that's, I personally, I'm not a, you know, I'm not an economist, so I don't know much. Shocked. Yeah, exactly. But I got to feel the price of gas affects everything. Food, clothes, everything. Floor sanding. Without a doubt. Without a doubt it does. Can you imagine having not alone just one van on the road? But if you had two vans and three vans or four vans or five vans uh, or more on the road, what it just did to your business? No, no. it's crazy. Now, now I'm afraid you're afraid. Now I, 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 I think you're afraid to talk and I feel bad now. No, because I, what I was staring at there was as you were counting, the first thing that went through my head, got the six on one. And I thought, geez, I, I wonder how high he's going to count. <laughs> where, where, where is he going to stop? If you have 14 vans or 15 vans, you know, yeah. I was just wondering where, where you were going to stop. That's all. Like, so that's why I, it wasn't that I was waiting to interrupt you. I was just trying to figure out where's that boy going to stop. It's like when my mother-in-law turned, turned 90 years old and, and we had a cake for her and we sang happy birthday. And then when it was over, we said, are you one? Are you two? Are you three? <laughs> could go on for a long time. It could be here for a while, right? I figured, Rob, we would talk about some ways you can uh, combat rising gas prices. I'm going to give you one right off the bat that my brothers did. I talked to my brother John, and uh, in in California, they have a they have a, a storage facility that they you know for overflow stuff. Uh, for you know that for install or whatever and it, it was very handy at one time and I remember back in the day when it was like 340 bucks a month okay uh, wasn't that long ago either and um, which made sense just you know it was close to the shop it was not too far it was a nice overflow and uh, they just sent him a bill the price had gone up to nine hundred dollars for this I uh, want maybe 10 by 20 or 15 by 20 or something like that oh man so 900 bucks a month so he started thinking about this and he goes you know what you add up all that we have in that shop that we need and we use it for after a very short period of time it doesn't make any sense so they got rid of that so that saved them 900 bucks a month that's a big savings that's 10 grand a year yeah look at you 
Yeah, and, not to do simple math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, count like counting to six, six trucks, mm -hmm. seven trucks, eight yeah. trucks. And you said you're but, not an econ economist. I'm not an economist, but I pretend to be one on TV. But that's so, still 10 grand a year, man. That's $10,000. That's wild. A lot of money. So you know what he did too? He uh, he boxed all kinds of uh, flooring up, uh, leftover projects. He uh, had stain and finishes in there, whatever. And he drove it to San Leandro High School and gave it to the shop teacher. And the guy was overjoyed. And uh, he wants John to come back and uh, like show the students on how to how to build, make a hardwood floor out of the scraps and everything. So a uh, uh, very good use of uh, 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 the product and getting rid of 900 bucks. And, and that was based off, uh, if the price hadn't gone up what it had, it, it, it wouldn't, uh, he, he wouldn't have done it. But when you started adding things up, there's a way where you could just knock 10 grand off your expenses in a year. So, you know, I know the show isn't about that, but I think that's one of the best things I've heard in a long time uh, about going into the shop class. It was a high school, correct? Trade mm -hmm. school. Yep. And now the teacher wants them to come back and show them, show these kids how to. Yeah. He could wind up getting an employee or two out of this. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, some kid could just go, wow. Yep. And that's, uh, and you know, I've been talking about that in a lot of our trainings because that always comes up, comes up in almost every floor man conversation you have, whether you're at a convention or a training or whatever, where are we getting the new kids? Where are we getting the new help? It's harder and harder to find that to me, that could be the key. Yeah. That could yeah. absolutely be the key is heading to the trade schools, talking to the teachers there maybe pointing out a couple of kids, but this could even be better where he's going to go in and actually, you know, show them how to do it. Yeah. So that's one way to combat the, the, the rising cost of gas. And so, well, let's talk about some other ones for a small business that you could uh, maybe uh, uh, cut back. So you don't feel that bite. Cause it, like you said, it affects everything. You know, I really feel, I've always felt, a great deal of empathy with people because uh, I remember back when I was in high school and I had no money. You know, you're a kid, you got no money. And um, I was the richest kid uh, in town. Yeah, I know you had it going on, but I, I, I was the richest kid in town, man. I don't know where it happened, you know, but I'm not anymore. But at the time, yeah, me and my buddies working for my dad, we were we were banking some money. We were. We were the in crowd, man, we we had it going on. Nice cars, eight track sets, mag wheels, hood scoops, yeah, beer parties. Yeah, we were. I was the other side of that coin. <laughs> I had absolutely nothing going on. I told you my car cost $75, which I didn't have, so I had to pay off stripping tobacco. And uh, it was it was a piece of junk, but the gas gauge didn't work. So when the gas gauge didn't work. And you didn't make much money. You were always, everywhere you were, everywhere you went was stress. You know what I mean? I didn't know how much if I was going to run out of gas, if I was going to make it home, which happened quite often. Running out of gas, you know, thinking that you know maybe rocking a car back and forth and put your ear to it to see, putting a stick down there to see how much, how much gas is still in the thing. 
so I have a great deal of empathy when I see someone broke down on the side of the road. That ever happened to you? Why? Broke down on the side of the road? No, no, no. I'm trying to lead into a one of my favorite Wayne Highlander stories. That I've been leading into this story because I've heard other people tell this story. Oh, running out of gas. Running out of gas. So yeah, Wayne, yeah. have you ever run out of gas with like an important person in the car? I wonder if I told the story or not. I may have told the story. I hope I, I did. So I, I don't care if you did. This is worth hearing again. It's. I think, remember we talked about we're going to start reminding each other of oh, we heard that story and yeah. Didn't we say we give each other a six month grace period? If it hasn't been said in six months, yeah, we'd let right. it go. We're making new rules for the show, everybody. I don't think I told this story, but I'm gonna so I'll, so I'll tell it. Um, I think I was three months working for Bona. I had you know I was a contractor, uh, and, and I, my whole life I drove a, drove the van. You know we we all drive the work van, right? And so um, my wife had bought a new car, a new Nissan. Uh, juke as I yeah it's a long story I hated the car from the get-go but but um the the director of sales at the time I think for Bona uh, was was traveling with me for three days and that's a stressful situation you know I'm new at the company I'm new in the position he's coming out to travel with you you're going to meet your distributors and it's a, it's a lot of stress and so um, I asked Judy if I could if I could use her car because I certainly didn't want him to have to drive around in my work van with me, um, so especially this condition it was in. So um, yeah, she said yeah, sure, take the car. So um, you know, the first day goes great. We meet the distributors. Everything's going really good. You know, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Second day went really good. You know, uh, meeting the distributors and going out and doing doing you know having our meetings and stuff. Third day, all I had to do was take them to the airport. And we're going across the Bay Bridge around 10 o'clock in the morning. So it wasn't quite rush hour traffic, but it was it was packed. And we're going across the bridge. I got to get him to San Francisco Airport. And we're having a nice conversation. And all of a sudden, the car hesitated. <laughs> Boom. He looked at me and he says, what, are you out of gas? I, I looked at my gas gauge, was buried past E, and I couldn't even form the words, we're out of gas. I was so mortified. We're in the middle lane of about, it's, I think there's like eight lanes going across that bridge. So I now I had to get all the way to the far right in emergency situation type of deal. And, uh, you know, cars are honking at me. You know, I got flipped off by some lady. Um, so we get on the side of the road, we're sitting there. And silence had never been so horrendous as the silence that, the first 30 seconds of sitting there with him on that bridge, the director of sales going to catch his plane at the airport and we're out completely out of gas. The boss of all Bona bosses. The Don. The, yeah, the, the man. Tom McNeil. Mac daddy of them all. It don't get no higher up the chain. It doesn't get any higher unless you're speaking with a Swedish accent and you run out of gas with that guy. So first, first, I, first I blame Nissan. Then I floated it out there that someone must have siphoned my gas the night before. And then I blame my wife. I, I, I would have jumped off that bridge. 
I, I was absolutely mortified. But it, as it turns out, the best place to run out of gas in, in the California is on the Bay Bridge. They can't have the bridge blocked up. So they, they guess the cameras, you know, they immediately send a tow truck out there. And, uh, and uh, they give you a gallon of gas and push you across the bridge. First of all, they push you across the bridge. And then, then they give you a gallon of gas and, you know. So uh, he made it to the airport on time, which is why I probably still have a job. Oh, my gosh. There are just so many bad parts of that story. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're, it's not – it, I mean, the, the worst part is you were driving him to the airport. He's got to catch a flight, and he's thinking, the guy who's driving me to the airport, who's going to represent our company. Yeah has run out of gas yeah um i think that gas tank holds like 12 gallons of gas i still to this day that's a piece of junk car uh with the smallest gas tank i've ever seen in my life okay rob i only asked you to do one thing is when i said i have a great deal of empathy for someone someone they're broken down on the side of the road what were you supposed to say i forget do you ever stop and help okay I know how to do it. I got okay. it. Okay. All right. So you're sitting on the side of the road with with the boss of bosses of Bona. Did anybody ever stop and try to help? Or I'm going to punch you in your face in a minute. No, that's not the thing. I said... You're angry today, huh? No, I'm not. Listen, I told you I have a great deal of empathy when a breaks down on the side of the road yes which was your cue to say if you see someone broken down on the side of the road that means you stop and help them no no i was going that route i was gonna that's why i was saying no no there was no other route to go do you ever stop and help yeah and i thought you were gonna say no and here's why when were you gonna get to that as soon well you were threatening me (laughs) somebody saved this Look, I'm being as patient and kind as I possibly can. I simply asked you one one thing. I said, after I say, when I so, so when I run out of gas as a kid, actually, before that, I said, when I was a kid, I didn't have anything. And right away, you said, oh, I had everything. I had mag wheels. I was in the middle of telling a story. And then you, 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 you just interrupted me for your story. And then when I get back to my story, you didn't even ask the thing that I asked you to do. I I thought you were done talking about how poor you were as a kid. How many times? I hadn't even said that yet. How many times we got to hear that too? We know you were poor. <laughs> Everybody knows you were poor. We're all really happy for you. Oh my god! All right, let's do this. Let's go back to. I said. If you can rewind it, Chris, back to where I said, when I see someone broke down on the side of the road, I have a great deal of empathy for them. If at that point, you could just simply say, when you see someone broke down on the side of the road, do you ever stop for them and help? You think you can do that? Oh, I'm going to do it, baby. (laughs) It's so simple. Are you froze or what's up? No, no. waiting for you to say so when you see somebody broke down on the side of the road lovingly i thought you were gonna say the whole sentence again i already said the sentence okay i'll start it again i'll start it again 
for that reason, when uh, you know, when I I have a great deal of empathy for when I see someone broke down on the side of the road <laughs> in a <the> car. <laughs> yes, you <f> idiot. <laughs> Alright, here we go again. Okay. Three hours later. You know, for that reason, whenever I see someone broke down on the side of the road uh, with a broken down car, I, I, I have a great deal of empathy for them. Do you ever stop and help? No. <laughs> That's it? Are you kidding me? That's, That's why you. <laughs> oh my God. See, you, it's only a big deal because you made it a big deal. Oh. I, I, it was so simple for you. Yeah, look what you did. You made it into a big deal. So, uh, a few other ways that you can, um, combat the rising gas prices. Um, I used to laugh at old folks that would that would you know cheap out looking for bargains all the time and you know saving coupons and all that type of stuff. But I have to tell you, yeah, you can get gas apps like Cheap Gas or Gas Buddy, or AAA has a smartphone app uh, to find the you know it it, it it adds up over a month's time and especially if it's more than one vehicle. So that's not a bad way to to kind of combat these prices. I like what your brothers did. Maybe it's a time to look at different things like that. Like, um, you know, there's this new app out there that will cancel. What do they call those streaming services and things like that? Things that you're paying for, you don't even know you're paying for half the oh, time. Oh, man. Right. So maybe this is a good time to take a look at what you're spending in advertising and where that's going. Do you really need it? Do you really need if you're spending a lot on advertising things like that? Do you gotta have? Do you have to go there? I um. This one article I read named six things that people do that causes them to have financial problems, and one of them is not canceling apps that they never use that they don't use anymore services that they paid for. I got one that comes every week for fifty for every month for fifty bucks. I don't even know what the hell it is anymore. <laughs> and, and my wife goes, what's, what is this? I go, I don't know what it is. I thought it was your, I don't know. I don't know what it is. So she goes, well, I'll, I'll cancel it then. So, I mean, you start adding up these things that you, any sneaky little charges that, uh, that you don't use anymore. Holy smokes. They can seriously add up. That's a good call, Rob. That's why I gave you a, see, I, I, I reward you when you do good things. That's why we hear that bell maybe two, three times a year. Yeah. Well, appropriate. <clears throat> oh, boy. I've always wanted to charge for my estimates. I've always wanted to charge for an estimate. I mean, and if I, I get the job, then, of course, I'll, I'll give you double what I charge you for the estimate off of your price. But I've always wanted to charge for an estimate, and I think now is definitely the time to maybe throw that in just because, you know, like you said, the price of gas has almost doubled. Well, I'm wondering if um, if you can um, like do a surcharge for jobs that are that are more than say you know depending on your area like 15 miles. 15 miles in this area won't be anything. 
15 miles in another area because the traffic can be a great deal. So uh, to your point, and, and I'm, I'm wondering if that's something that, you know, has to be considered now. So I'm kind of in that same vein as you. You have to. Yeah. Another thing you can do is I, I think you can, you, it's a good time to look at products um, and how much you're, you're paying for products. If you look at the, 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 the stain costs, for instance, of what it costs you to stain a floor, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, it's never been a better time to look at bonus stains. Wow. That price is, that is really going to be a savings cost compared to what people are paying for stains out there. Yep. Um, I think switching to water, you know, I've, I've said many times, and I know I've repeated this, but it, it bears repeating again. Um, if you're working 50 weeks a year and on every job, it saves you a trip to the job because you can put maybe two coats on in the same day, that's 50 trips a year. Um, you probably, you're probably not going to get away with anything less than a half a day if you're going out to coat a floor. I mean, time travel back and forth, plus prep work and whatever, whatever. Um, I, I would think that that would be a significant price savings over the year's time. Talking to a lot of the guys around New York Metro, especially when I was, uh, you know, doing uh, and still working bonus sport. That's how I got a lot of guys to just take a look at water-based finish because sport was always such a heavy oil field. But man, when you send a guy, you know, if your company's out of Brooklyn and you send a guy into Manhattan to look at a gym and it's not dry, I mean, he's just wasted his, at least you've got, you like you said, two coats in a day. But at least when you're going back, you know it's going to be guaranteed dry the next day. Yeah. Where with sometimes your polys are not going to be guaranteed dry the next day. And that's a long trip. I came away with so much respect for the guys that work in New York City. I don't know how they do it. You can talk about traffic and you can say, yeah, it's tough and you can whatever. But until you've been there. Oh my gosh, those guys, I, I just don't know how they do it every day. I made a wrong turn one time, just a simple wrong turn one time in New York, and I think it cost me 40 minutes because I had to go around the entire New York block to get back to there and make the other turn. Uh, it is, you talk about a challenge. Brutal. Um, I'm going to go with adhesive costs. You know, if you look at what you're paying for some adhesives, by the square footage and especially if you look at the, the the features and benefits from that products and do the comparisons i think you'll uh, find the bone of adhesive shines especially for the uh the value of the product so and as they say uh if you go cheaper on products you buy you 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 buy cheap but you buy you buy it twice a lot of times, right? So you, I mean, that still staying staying with quality products makes a major makes a huge difference. And this is a time, man. I mean, you got to charge, you got to up your prices. People will never complain about upping your prices now if you haven't upped your prices. And I don't think we're talking to anybody listening to the show hasn't upped their prices. But boy, if you haven't upped your prices yet, 
it's a hell of an excuse to do it without anybody coming down too hard on you. Well, and it's not even an excuse anymore. It's a, it's a necessary, it's, 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 it's survival for your business and you owe it to yourself and your business. So yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I also think uh, being choosier on your jobs now, uh, looking to jobs that are really much more profitable than others. And, um, you know, I don't think we can, you can afford sometimes now to take a job that, yeah, it's just not going to be as profitable as whatever, especially if you're booked way out. And um, so I, I think, you know, you know what jobs you make time on and you make money on versus, it, or, or it's a good time to look at. All right, wh where are we making our most profit? Is it is it the big jobs? Or sometimes maybe it's not the big job. Maybe it's the small to medium-sized jobs that we make the, we've, we, to me, the, I had to cut out the small jobs. These smaller jobs, right, had to way up my minimum because I started realizing all these smaller jobs that we're doing, there's just, there's no, no money in it. And uh, I just I wouldn't take a small job or else I'd tell them, listen, uh, we don't go by square feet here. This is a, this is by the job and this is what it's going to be because the amount of, of labor alone on jobs like that can be a killer. So do I cut out those small jobs now? And just focus on the ones that are going to make me money and streamline. It's like like basketball. I keep going to use the Jason Kidd analogy because uh, I seen him play every game he ever played in high school from his freshman year on, and I seen all the moves he had in high school. I mean, that was it was unbelievable. And then when he got in college, he kind of streamlined a, a lot of that. And then I see him in the NBA. He took out all that garbage and just just you know streamlined and even more and got even more fine-tuned. And I think with your business too, I think that, you know, where am I actually making my profit on? What type of job is it on? And is it on just sand and finish alone? You know what I mean? Especially if I'm a small shop, maybe I don't want to install uh, if I don't have to, and because that maybe that's not my strong suit or that's not where I'm making my most profit. Or if it is an area that I'm not making as much profit, well, then I have to re revisit those prices. So, um, I think that's uh, all this needs to be considered now in this time. Well, definitely using R540 is going to save some callbacks for sure. So this is one where someone might say, well, you know, it, it's more expensive than, uh, than, than paper. And initially, yeah, it is a little bit more expensive than using paper. But I put this under the callback section. You know what I mean? Uh, a callback today with the, uh, the uh, labor shortage that we have the tight windows, um, the expense of the cost of these floors, uh, to me, this is a, it's a huge savings in the end. My, even living in California, my biggest concern for a callback was always going to be on, on, on cupping because, you know, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. So uh, uh, the 540 to me makes a, a hell of a lot of sense. And you're standing up not beating your body up. You're putting on with a roller. You're not on your knees putting down building paper. You don't need to put down building paper. So uh, I 100% agree with that. So there's, there's you know, I think the cost of, as you said, the cost of gas affects everything. Uh, look at inflation is with groceries and everything has gone through the roof and everything. So I think this night, kind of a, a, a chance to reset and see where can I say make uh, cut some costs. And uh, I think we touched on uh, several of them that I think would be uh, beneficial. And uh, maybe maybe someone else, other listeners have have some ideas as well. But this this one's been been um, 
uh, one day at my brother's, I was talking to him and, you know, as soon as it went, the gas went up to the last time, he's like, man, I got to, I got to cut back on something. And then he started realizing, I don't need this storage like I thought I did. You know, it's just an overflow place for us and, and um, just you cut it out altogether. So. Yeah, this might be a good time to uh, get some of the listeners to share what they're doing. And then we can share it with the, uh, yeah. the other listeners what they're doing to uh, help combat about the high gas prices, what they're going through. Yeah, I, I was thinking also um, when I used to bid jobs, there was times when you, and probably everybody's been there, when you're going out to bid a job and you're you thinking to yourself on the way there, I really don't have time to do this job. I can't fit this job in, but I told them I would bid the job and I want to make sure I, you know, I don't want to blow it off. I want to be professional and everything. But there's also jobs. I think now, you know, streamlining your business, there's jobs you know you don't want to do necessarily. Or maybe you can, over the phone, you can kind of vet some of these out. That, look, uh, this doesn't sound like it's a good fit for us. And without spending the time, energy, and, and everything that goes into an estimate. So uh, for your own sake. And a lot of guys are just nice guys. Part of the reason for me was I was also a nice guy to a fault sometimes. Uh, so I would go out there and maybe if I didn't even do the job, I could help them or give them advice. You, you can read that bill all you want. You just call yourself a nice guy. A wonderful, nice guy. Yeah. You called yourself a nice guy. Very empathetic. Yes. Boy, oh boy. I'm going to do whatever I can to get the outtakes of this one out to the listeners so they okay. can hear yeah. what you think a nice guy sounds like. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. Yeah, because we will. We will, buddy boy. How many times do I need to ask you something before I don't? I can't be nice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you ask me nicely then? Okay. All right. Okay. So Rob, he's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. I told you I got you an ice cream scoop. That gives me that. Is that what, what the guy was not nice? Give you an ice cream scooper? When I get it, I'll believe it. <laughs> I haven't seen anything yet. Okay, well, that's true. Probably after the outtakes of this show, I am definitely not getting an ice cream scooper. I'm going to see if Judy already mailed it because he hasn't already mailed it. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, where are you training at this week, Rob? Um, got a couple of crews coming in from Connecticut and taking them down to the uh, Jersey RTC and do a couple of days of training. So we're all excited about that. Wonderful. How's my uh, how's my how's my decent manager uh, Gene uh, Vincent doing now? Gene's uh, awesome. He really is great guy. He, the customers love him. It's getting really good with uh, being able to present and talk about and demo and everything with the adhesives. Good. I'm going to give him. Well, because uh, good. No, he's and he's he's just one of those guys. It's a pleasure to be around. You know. Yeah, I I I yeah, he's a class guy. Anybody uh, in the northwest northeast area. Uh, want to get a hold of our adhesive manager gene vincent uh super good guy and uh, you reach out to me or rob and we'll put you in touch with him but uh really good guy so all right there you go rob i appreciate all of your input
And uh, let's, let's, let's that's, hope a, they, that's, that's a lie. That's, let's, hope, let's hope they don't play back the uh, outcast outtakes. Yeah, well, uh, we got to wrap this up because I, I got to get uh, my call into HR. HR. Yeah, I'm going to call uh, first. Before they go home. Yeah. I'm going to tell her that you're an incessant liar before you get a chance to. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. Rob and I do appreciate it. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. Please stay tuned for another episode. Oh, yeah.